It is August 6th, 2018. I am the Mixed GM, and welcome to the Mixed GM's Ramblecast. I'm going to be doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I'm going to put the call-ins at the end, not the beginning, because I wanted to start with an apology. Uh, I wish to apologize to Avenger uh, Satanus, I think that's how you say it. Um, I don't know if you're going to listen to this, but I just want to apologize. I I had kind of written you off as, uh, you know, a guy with the, you know, the uh, silly name um, and who did just, you know, sex pervert RPGs. And that wasn't fair of me. And I, and I'm sorry, I... I shouldn't. I shouldn't have judged you like that in your work without actually looking at it. Uh, the reason I say all this is because recently, the adventure Liberation of the Demon Slayer was made available for free temporarily. And free, legally, of course. So I thought, you know what? I saw the cover. I know don't judge books by a cover, but I looked at the cover and I thought, okay, this seems like a, you know, uh, an adventure I could look at. And uh, so I did. I'm very impressed by it. In fact, I I recommend it. And once my budget recovers from me spending too much money on Kickstarter stuff, I intend to get a physical copy of it. The the adventure uh, draws from some wells I think are good for fantasy gaming. Kind of that uh, weird, creepy, sciency. You know, I know, no, I know. Several people don't like this term, but I'm going to say it. Lovecraftian type uh, influences, and I even saw some things that were kind of similar to the adventure I'm working on, the Tomb of the Mad Jarl. That I saw this after I started working on it, and there's some similar things going on. So now I'm almost a little ashamed about a. Uh, ever properly releasing Tomb of the Mad Jarl, even for free, just because I'm almost afraid it's going to be seen as a second-rate knockoff of this, um, because of some of the things I have in it. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that, but that's another topic another time. Let's talk about Liberation of the Demon Slayer. Uh, first of all, the presentation of it is gorgeous. The art is beautiful. The mapping done by Dyson Logos is you know, very clear, you know what it is, you see where it is, you know what's going on. Uh, and that's just, you know, table usefulness. Um, there's a little bit of white space, so if you had a physical copy and you needed to make little notes or something, you got room for that. And I think it uses white space fairly well. Uh, the actual adventure itself, you know, the cavern several levels deep, and I don't want to like spoil what's going on in case you ever play through it as a player. Uh, but I, I liked a lot of what was going on with the few different factions, with you know weird magical effects, weird magical items. Uh, it was all, it just, it just felt right. Like I just I want to run something. I just want to I want to run a party through here just to see what happens. And as an added bonus, at the beginning, there's a little bit of talk about how to, uh, 
uh, how to play, and some you know possible house rules and house tweaks that you can add to your favorite OSR system. Um, even if you don't use them, the, the the adventure is still perfectly, you know, able to be ran. I think it's built off a of swords and wizardry uh, base. At least that's what I see when I look at some of the stats. It has the ascending and descending armor class with the brackets and everything the way that axe does, or not axe, sorry, swords and wizardry does. Um, but I really, I really like. The, the kind of the strangeness and the weirdness and the creepiness of it of this adventure that I think that you know a more quote-unquote standard adventure with you know oh there's a goblin tribe and there's a dragon like those kinds of adventures are good and great but there's something a little different something a little more uh interesting there's a lot of people to talk to who may not necessarily directly attack you although of course the reaction role might decide otherwise you know that makes that makes this like a place that you know people and other beings interact in and you know that the party can come in and just kind of screw some things up make some friends betray some people make some enemies who knows uh i uh I also enjoyed that, well, okay, let me just kind of back up to, back to my apology I mentioned earlier, you know, I guess I'm kind of a prude, I suppose, you know, I'm, you know, the, you know, I'm just a boring person who, you know, I get up on Sunday morning and I attend my, you know, Anglican church and that's, you know, me, and so I'm sure whatever stereotypes you're thinking of, there's probably a good chance I fit into them, uh, and so that, you know, the, guy, the fact that this was published by, you know, Guy Venger Satanis and that, you know, there's some boobies, you know, in the artwork and such, um, you know, I mean, that stuff's there and it, you know, not my favorite stuff in the world, but it's not a deal breaker. It's not, uh, I guess it's not as explicit as I was expecting based on, you know, stereotypes about um, his work. And I'm definitely going to check out other stuff he's done, um, you know. So uh, I would say, you know, if you want kind of a a weird, sciency, fantasy, creepy dungeon, definitely check out Liberation of the Demon Slayer. Uh, you know, especially if I haven't checked at the time of this recording. I don't know if it's still available for free legally. Um, you know, I am not encouraging piracy. But, you know, if you're able to get in touch, you know, if you're able to get a, a, a legal copy of it, then, you know, for free, then by all means do so. Even if you never run the adventure, it's got lots of neat little things for you to pull into your game. You know, that's the nice thing about published adventures is even if you don't run them, there's oftentimes some really good stuff in there you can kind of pick and choose and steal for your own games. So, yeah, recommended. And once again, Venger, if you're listening... I'm sorry that I, I judged you. That wasn't fair of me. Um, you know, I I realize I'm just some you know anonymous, you know, random dingus online. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm just sorry that I I judged you harshly, and I uh, and I can't wait to see what else you do. Okay, let's do some call-ins now. 
Thank you. Uh, that was Colin from Spike Pit. Thank you for calling in. Um, I guess I guess I am a con- semi-controversial person. I have very controversial opinions about things. Trust me, ask my wife. <laughs> but um, I hope that even if I disagree with someone, I would like to think that I could talk to them rationally, calmly, and at the very least we could walk away... Um, even if we don't agree, even if we, you know, aren't changed or swayed in our opinion at all, that at least we would, whoever I'm talking, whoever I'm talking to that we, we would at least walk away saying, well, I don't agree with that opinion, but at least I respect it. Or, well, I see where they're coming from, or, you know, that, well, at least my, you know, my debating opponent or whatever is a human being. That's, that's what I would hope for. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I try not to be a mean or vicious person. Uh, I may have strong opinions on things, but I would like to think that I'm approachable and, um, you know, feel free to talk to me about stuff and, um, and I'll be happy to talk back. Hey man, it's Goblin Stomper. Oh, also known as Howard from the BX game on Thursday nights. Yo, getting ready for the new one. Ready for some acts. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to really like thank you for pointing out the reaction role. I think that I hadn't really considered how reaction roles play into how story plays out within OSR style play, uh, but it it's huge and and it's one of the most dramatic reasons or differentiations between why. I think I gravitate towards the OSR play versus the uh, the newer sort of story-based, never-dying character style play. All right, man. Well, thanks for what you're doing. I'm going to keep checking them out. Uh, you keep doing them. Be good. See you soon. That was Goblin Stomper. He uh, he plays in my in the Thursday night game I'm a part of. And which I'll be running a test of um, the updates I've made to the Tomb of Mad Yarl too, hopefully this Thursday. And he's he's a great guy, although he's wrong. He's very very wrong about socks and sandals. It is perfectly okay for a man to wear socks and sandals. And the very fact that, um, well, let me let me kind of go quick background story. So. My wife and I were, uh, somehow, we brought up the subject, and I got into a little Twitter war with her. Thinking that I could trust my bros to have my back on this, I tagged in several people, including Mr. Goblin Stomper, who then immediately immediately decided to take her side. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't forgiven you for that. Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm just teasing, but, you know. It, socks and sandals are okay, and anyone in my games who says otherwise has all their stats dropped to three, and they automatically miss all their attacks. Uh, the end. <laughs> hey, Mix GM, this is Jason Hobbs with Random Screed. I just wanted to call in and tell you about how much I agree with your concept of uh, the stories that can be made with OSR games. My buddy Edwin Nagy, he calls it discovering stories together 
because if the GM is writing a story and the players are just playing it, they're not really discovering, you know, they're they're kind of just writing the story. They're interacting with whatever the GM throws at them, which is what happens in an OSR game, but all of the randomosity of the OSR changes that because everyone is really playing the game. Uh, in other games, the GM plays the game by the construction of his setting and his world, and there's some of that in OSR games, but during play, we're all discovering, and that is a pretty powerful thing. All right, keep it going, brother. Always good to talk to you. Later. Thank you, Jason Hobbs. That was a very nice message, and I like the discovering the story that was mentioned. Uh, he... Uh, for those of you who don't know, I met Jason Hobbs at North Texas 2018. Uh, he was fun to game with, and he and he's, he sometimes says things a heck of a lot more eloquently than I do. I mean, this is called the Ramble Cast for a reason. I have very little planning. I just kind of just do these on my on my telephone. No fancy mics, no pop filters, none of that shenanigans, and I. Um, I just appreciate your kind words. I like that uh, discovery concept. That's neat. Um, definitely exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, the the term referee is often used for game masters or dungeon masters or what have you. And I, I really like that term. I mean, game master is my preferred term. Uh, but referee is a good one because I think... Being a good game master is a lot like being the referee out of a uh, like a children's sport, like basketball or baseball, because you're going to get into those really weird situations when little kids are playing. Like, you know, um, someone's like in basketball. You know, I I once went to a game when I was a kid with my little sister. She was playing, and someone on her team shot the basket in the wrong, like on in the wrong hoop. Like the opposing team's hoop, and so the other team got got the points, you know. And the referee had to be there to you know make sure it was all good, and you know made those calculations and told the scorekeepers to do that. You know, that's just like a bizarre situation that you're generally not going to see in like the NBA. Or when I was a kid, I I, I played baseball, and there was this really, I I, I don't remember it fully, but there was this bizarre situation where the trying to steal bases and there was like the ball was flying and somehow I got stuck like we're running around the bases and like there's a kid in front of me who's running slower than I was but somehow I caught up to him but because of things that happened we were both out it was it was weird but that's what you need a referee for to you know take those bizarre situations, those bizarre dice rolls, those bizarre player decisions, and rule on something. Not necessarily to tell a story, um, but to to figure out what the how the players' interactions with the world affect the world and how it you know it affects them back. Once again, if you want to play a story game, that's fine. I'm not saying that those are necessarily bad, but there's there's different mechanics for a story game. And while I don't play story games, I'm not going to criticize anyone who does. You want to play a story game? You have my blessing. But I just don't think that the D&D system is really built for that sort of a thing. So one last thing before uh, I end this ramble cast is uh, 
I'm planning to go to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas this weekend. Nice five-ish hour drive for a one-day uh, small role-playing game convention that I heard about, thanks to uh, the gentleman who runs Kirsova Magazine, which I know I've I shill for all the time. Um, you know, nothing I've written has ever appeared in there. You know, I want to be clear, but I want to support him because he does good work. And, you know, everything he does is high quality. It comes out on time. You know, it, you know, please support him. Please buy if you're interested in the stories. Um, but I, I yeah, sorry, enough shilling. Uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do some uh, playing and I'll have a report, you know, when I'm, when it's over. But I just wanted to kind of say that up front that that was something I was going to do. And then hopefully before then on Thursday, my BX crew is willing to try out a game of Axe while our uh, our current DM kind of is de-stressing. I don't know if that's the right term, but, you know, some things have come up in his life. I think he's a little burned out, a little stressed. So I'm going to try and lift that burden, maybe run uh, Tomb of the Mad Yarl, my, you know, one, two sessions uh, to really help him out and, you know, help him chill and relax and, you know, I'll bear the burden of, um, GMing for that, for that time. You know, speaking of GMing, uh, on my blog, I've mentioned why I prefer GM over DM. And I suppose I should do it on the podcast in case people don't check that out. Uh, the problem with DM, you know, dungeon master, it's a traditional term, right? And I appreciate it. Uh, but unfortunately, in my mind, it brings up images of like a, a sex dungeon, which is not at all what I want to be associated with. Now, if someone else says I'm a DM, I don't, I don't think that about them. I'm just afraid they're going to think that about me. And, that, and so that's why I prefer GM when I talk about myself. Like, if you want to call yourself a DM, that's that's fine. I know what you mean. But I'm just afraid that other people will look down on me um, thinking that I run a, a sex dungeon when I don't. That's false advertising. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, I'm weird, and I guess I'm kind of a prude, as I mentioned earlier. But I just wanted to kind of say that that's why I use GM, not DM, generally in reference to myself and what I do. Uh, so that is the Ramblecast. You all have a wonderful and blessed day, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is when you listen to this. Hello, Mixed GM. It's Colin at Spike Pit. Thanks for taping, taking the time to call in, mate. It's always appreciated. As you know, um, I rely on call-ins to keep my inspiration going. And um, yeah, I value everyone, so... Hopefully you'll call in again soon, perhaps on a different subject. And um, I, I look forward to that. As I do, look forward to your next episode of your, of your own podcast. Um, yeah, I think um, you, you've, you've been treading a, a little bit more of a contentious line, which is always good. Um, Adventure Conquer Kings had a bit of negative flack lately. And the whole business of politics, as I've already said, is a bit of a nightmare but it's good that you uh you know you're keeping it on the table and discussing some of the harder to discuss issues so fair play mate take care it is august 12th 2018 
This is the Mixed GM, and it is time for the Mixed GM's Ramblecast. I just got home from the Arkansas RPG Convention, or ARPG Con, and I'm tired because it was a five-hour drive without, but then the rain hit, so it turned into like a five-and-a-half-hour drive. I'm running on minimal sleep. And I am hopped up on caffeine. So I'm going to keep this short. Basically, this convention was a good time. Um, if you're, That's just the short version. The too long didn't listen. If you're in the Arkansas area, specifically the Little Rock area, where this convention was held, and you're able to go next year, you, you might want to check it out. Uh, I went, had a great time, and... One thing I noticed, because my only other real convention experience is North Texas. I've never been to Gen Con or Game Hole Con or um, what's that other one? Origins. I've never been there, so that's, you know, so kind of keep that in mind as I'm about to, for what I'm about to say. Uh, it, there weren't like, you know, big star guests like there was at uh, North Texas and it wasn't as OSR-focused as North Texas is. However, there are still a few OSR games. Um, quite a bit of 5th edition. I saw some Starfinder. There was the Pathfinder 2.0 beta that someone was trying out. I even see some Savage Worlds, DCC, Call of Cthulhu. A, a decent mix. Heck, there's even Castles and Crusades. I've never played Castles and Crusades, but I'm glad to see that it's, you know, showing up at a con. The... Oh, also there was Traveler, and I didn't get to play Traveler. What I pretty much played was, there was a drop-in, drop-out BX game run by a guy called DM Crafty, which he had, like, just boxes of just, like, little terrain stuff he made that he would just throw out, not throw out, but, you know, place on the table whenever a new situation came up, and it was kind of neat and immersive and, you know, different because there was a big table that you could play with. It'd be probably hard to do something like that in a home game unless you had, like, a game room with a giant table. But I still appreciated it at the con. That was fun. And then I also played the Tower of uh, Xenopus, or Xenopus, uh, which is apparently the intro module or the sample module or sample dungeon, whatever you want to call it, in the back of Holmes Basic. And that was run by the gentleman who does Kirsova Magazine, which... Just hit their Kickstarter, so yay, there's going to be Volume 2. And he's a, he's a great guy, very friendly. Uh, and I'd never played Holmes before. And I figured, you know, like I've played my BX, I figure it's more or less the same. And it was, although when I was asked to roll to hit, like a to hit roll for a magic missile, that threw me for a loop. I'm like, what? Like the all weapons do 1d6 damage? Fine. I can handle that. That's easy. You know, the saving throws in the armor class. I was used to that kind of a thing. But roll to hit for magic missile? I just... Wow. I, I don't even know. I'm still in shock over that. But, I mean, if that's in Holmes, and that's, you know, what I, what I did. Luckily, I hit um, that particular spell. It was definitely shocking that, you know, that kind of that difference in game or difference in mechanics from what I was used to um, one other thing I noticed about the con is they had tons of giveaways like just the sheer amount of money that was 
like that these different companies had given the convention to give out was incredible. Now I didn't win anything, um, which was unfortunate because they had a a DCC starter kit, and I've been kind of wanting to get a hold of the DCC book and the and also the MCC book, but I'm not made of money, uh, <laughs> so um, I you know I was really hoping I'd get the DCC book, you know, but I didn't, um, and that you know that's fine. I still had a great time, and you know it was a one day con, so. You know, when I look at the money I spent in time both driving out there and I had a hotel room last night by myself, um, so that, you know, wasn't cheap. I'm going to get an earful from my wife um, in a little bit about it, I'm sure. But, yeah, for a one-day little con, if you happen to be in the Little Rock area or you can get to Little Rock fairly easily, uh, you know, I'd highly recommend going. Um, They had... At their location, they had room for a little bit more, like a few more tables, a few more people. But it was definitely a very nice, interesting con. Um, I'm hope you know, I kind of want to see more OSR representation. Um, you know, some you know maybe next year I might consider running something. We'll see. Um, I definitely want to go back next year. Like I'm gonna, you know, I intend to do North Texas again next year as well. And for North Texas, I'll definitely be running something. Um, but anyway, that's just kind of my short little AfterCon report. I'll have more coherent thoughts later. Now I have to unpack everything and clean up and get caught up on everything that happened over the past couple days. So all of you have a wonderful day, good gaming, and um, yeah, talk to you all later.